1: T's and C's apply in South Wales, authorisation number tp slash
0: 01005. Talk Big Opinions, the panel. Lavina yeah. yeah. Good is on the panel this morning and she is joined by Jeff McTanch. And uh, Jeff. Uh, they are having a review at NZR. They probably do at the end of every uh, season and every tour of that kind of magnitude anyway. Uh, what do you think will come out of it? Uh, particularly if we look at the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, morning, Smithy. Morning, Lavina, listeners. Um, mate, it's an interesting one. I uh, ugh, look everything you've read about it, uh, in the days that have followed this this French uh, defeat, and and of course against Ireland the week before. You know, people are calling for for Ian Foster to go. People are calling for the assistants to go. People are saying actually, you know, it's player accountability. Got to put some on the players. Then on the other side of it, people are saying, well, it's been a long tour. You know, these guys have been away from home for. For a very, very long time, in and out of suitcases. Um, so, so you factor that, and they're playing these home nations at home. They get to sleep in their own beds. So you put all that in there. Um, I, I think my, my opinion is you, you have—they've made their decision. They've made their decision to stick with Ian Foster. So it's one of those situations, mate, where maybe they may, maybe they got it wrong. But you have to—you have to get around them now, and you have to rally around them. I mean, I know the assistant coaches' situation? Uh, is up in the air as well. Tony Brown in in the past has said no. Scott Robertson, of course, wants to have uh, the top job himself. Interesting hearing his comments the other day at the Crusaders unveiling for the Super Rugby Pacific, uh, you know, being rather coy and and had his own opinion. Um, But look, it's clear, mate, it's clear. It's clear that the All Blacks have gone backwards. Uh, I was reading an interesting article the other day telling Cleaver had a guy wrote in, Uh, in in his mailbag for his subscription and said, uh, suggesting that you know we've been evolving over the years. Laurie Maines, John Hart, Wayne Smith, um, Sir Graham Henry and the Steve Hansen era. The All Blacks were always ahead of the game in some way. We were always innovating. But perhaps um, now it's it's evident that the Northern Hemisphere teams had caught up. We always criticised the way the Springboks played their rugby. But isn't it working now? Sure, that was a close defeat against the English but maybe... Uh, maybe we've transitioned too much to being the team that's all things for all people, ball playing all throughout the positions. We've always been good at that in New Zealand rugby, but it's clear two things at the moment. We need a forward pack that can step up and muscle up up front and win set-piece regularly against these Northern Hemisphere teams. So they've got to look at that. They've got to look at getting over the advantage line in midfield. We've been blessed with great combinations uh, since the 2011 World Cup. Manonu, Conrad Smith, Sonny Bill Williams, Ryan Crotty, world-class midfield players. We do have world-class midfield buzz, but we need that combination, and I think we need a 12 that can get us gain-line. So lots to think about, lots to consider. Still a long way away from the next Rugby World Cup, but gee, there's work to be done.
0: Okay, Lavina, is it as simple as just let's keep them and wish them all the best, or what for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I advocated a couple of years ago. I was a big fan of Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown taking over um, that coaching role, but they made a decision to go with Fozzie, and I don't think they're going to change that right now. I just think there's a couple of interesting things, and I agree with a lot of what Jeff said. Um, when it comes down to the All Blacks, though, I don't think they're going backwards or getting worse. I really do believe these other countries are catching up. I mean, this Irish side, 10 years ago, the Irish would just get on the Guinness and smoke in the sheds and and hope that they would try and keep within the All Blacks in the last 20 minutes. And they've completely changed their training regime to make it more professional on the back of what the All Blacks have done, because they set the bar. I mean, that French side, they were so physical and so ambitious. It was glorious rugby to watch. And they look so fit. They look like elite athletes. And the French didn't look like that 12 years ago. I think the rest of the world are catching up to the All Blacks. and It is a wake-up. I don't think we need to panic too much. We've got a couple of years until the World Cup. I do believe Fozzie will be in charge when it comes round to the World Cup. But questions need to, need to be asked. I don't think it's an issue for the All Blacks being overseas and not sleeping in their own beds. I know that they're all staying in first-class accommodation and they get to play plenty of golf. I don't think that's going to be a problem for them, but I do agree. <laughs> that that forward pack certainly has to work out on that breakdown. They really need to do that. And there are questions that need to be asked, whether or not it needs to be a formal um, report into what went wrong, I don't know. It would have been really interesting, actually, guys, if they would have played France and also Ireland at the beginning of the tour because maybe the, the, the issues with the All Blacks were happening at the beginning of the tour that Australia just weren't a force to contend with. Um, this is a side that did, did win the Tri-Nations. They did win the, the championship. So it's not like, they're, you know, it's all dire at the moment, but it would have been really interesting if they played these European sides at the beginning of the tour and then we really realised as fans and rug, rugby extraordinaires what was going on with the All Blacks. Plenty of work to be done. No need to panic too much, I do believe, in two years' time
0: when we head over to the World Cup, the All Blacks will be favoured to take out the tournament. OK, well, that's very interesting indeed. Um, I, I, I was interested uh, yesterday to talk to Scott Robertson very briefly, and uh, we just tried. We nibbled away, Jeff, on the uh, All Blacks performance, <laughs> but he stayed well away yeah. from it, saying, I, I, I'm not yeah. in a position. And my son suggested yeah. to me, my youngest son suggested to me, that that might be the fact that someone's rung him and said, just play cool here. Uh, it might not be all over Red Rover. Uh, other than that, that you know, you you haven't got any any input into it for two years. Have a crack. I mean, it was interesting his stance with the media yesterday.
1: Yeah, he's in an interesting position, isn't he, mate? Because he he's got uh, what nine, ten on All Blacks, um, you know, under him in, in Super Rugby. So he's got a direct influence on how these guys are playing their franchise rugby before the uh, before the Test season. Um, Yeah, mate, look, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but stranger things have happened. Um, A lot's going to depend on, um, I guess, the confidence levels of of Ian Foster and um, and what he's doing. So, uh, again, stranger things have happened, mate. I I, I think Scott Robertson, that IP, needs to be involved some way, shape, or form. It's really going to depend on what he wants to do because he's made his stance quite clear uh, publicly in the past. Obviously, I wasn't talking uh, on Monday. So, um, it would be a shame if, if, if in some way He didn't have a higher role to play uh, As we head towards France 2023
0: Okay, uh, please stay with us We've got the news now uh, Lavina and to you Jeff uh, Trudy with the news shortly And then when we come back We're going to look at uh, a couple of performances On Australian soil of differing qualities I think it's fair to say Talk, big opinions, the panel talk, talk, talk to me, yeah uh, Jeff McTainch and Lavina, Good with us uh, this morning on the panel. And Lavina, Shane Van Gisbergen, triumphant uh, in an abrupt and sort of staggered, staggered sort of a season.
2: I love him. I absolutely love Shane. I reckon he is amazing. I'm, I'm so proud of him. I remember he had a really bad shoulder injury um, in round two. He actually came off a bike, not a motorbike. Came off a bike and injured his shoulder really bad, and he he even says now that um, it'll never be the same ever again. And he, he managed to win that round two victory, and in fact, throughout the year, has won um, fourteen victories. And he won his first title back in two thousand and sixteen. I followed his career. Um, very closely, and he's just going to be a motorsport great here for New Zealand, and I'm just so proud of him. And I know that to win it in Sydney when it was all rained out isn't what he would like to celebrate. I know he'll get the opportunity to celebrate it at Bathurst, and also he is the defending champion at, at Bathurst, so there's an opportunity for him there when the chequered flag comes, comes through. But what a, what a great guy, and to be up there with Jim Richards and Scott McLaughlin, who he's been so competitive with in the past, It's just really worth celebrating for the Kiwis. And I know lots of people in this country are lamenting what's happening with the Black Caps and and also the All Blacks. When, When you take a look at this sport in Australia, which is dominated by Australian sponsors and Australian vehicles, to have a kid come through at just 30 years of age and and drive a number 97 Commodore and to be victorious throughout the year and to teach the Aussies how to do it on a racetrack is just absolutely magnificent. And I can hardly wait to see him go around the track at Bathurst. Because he's won a few that have ever won the 6-hour, the Bathurst 1000 and also the 12-hour. So he's phenomenal and he deserves to be celebrated and I'm glad we have an opportunity to talk about him on the radio this morning.
0: Okay, Uh, Jeff McTainch, I want to go at the Black Caps uh, with you here on this one. I was really disappointed, actually, after the highs of that T20 World Cup, missing out to Australia. Okay, fair enough, that was disappointing. But then to go to 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 India and get progressively worse uh, a a week later, uh, I don't run with that. I really don't. I, I think that's very disappointing, and I don't think we should just cast it aside.
1: Mate, it's an interesting one. Look, obviously, they've got the test matches uh, in, what, a few days' time. And, and um, you know, winning a test match on Indian soil, uh, pretty tough for anybody, especially the Black Caps, as we know. So I, I know they've been focusing on that. Uh, they've been resting their players accordingly. But I tend to agree with you. I think you come off a World Cup cycle where we went all so close. Sure, we didn't have a um, uh, marquee player in Devon there with his, his hand injury uh, when we needed him most. And, and really, that. Um, was reading your uh, your your comments piece uh, yesterday. In fact, that, that sort of that was the balance threw them off balance a wee bit. That, that mix of the team, and, and perhaps that would have been the difference. But yeah, I agree. I think we've we've progressed to a stage now with this New Zealand cricket team where I think um, we we should expect more, uh, even from if you look, if you want to call it a bridging series uh, like like that uh, in the T20s against India. We should expect more. Um, but I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, what, um, what Gary Stead's done and, and, and Kane resting and Trent resting and, and giving these guys a bit of a freshen up, um, you know, does pay off uh, for, uh, for the Test Series. And I think, I think hopefully uh, we'll go OK.
0: Right, uh, Lavina, let's uh, pop across, back across the Tasman here, will you? Because uh, obviously the, the hottest topic at the moment is the bloke who's just lost the, the best or the most important job in Australian <coughs> sport. Uh, That is Tim Payne, the captain, or former captain now, of the Australian Cricket Test Team. Uh, It used to be Shane Warne was the master of text, and uh, we used to get a little bit nervous and uh, and read all the consequences of those, but this is a doozy, this one, and that's put Shane Warne's efforts uh, very much into the background. Australian cricket has
2: raised its ugly head once Again, I was actually just thinking about the Black Caps and how poorly they've performed um, against India because I had high expectations of them, Smitty. I really do. And I thought, well, i kind of probably prefer the Black Caps to go to India and perform poorly rather than realise that the captain of your national side has lost his position because he sent photos of his old Jack's Crackers to someone that he used to be or work with. And I think, how disgusting is it for Australian cricket at the moment? And they've had their ugly stages as well. They're misogynistic at times. Um, they've been through sandpaper gates, they've fledged, they've lied, they've cheated, they've drank, they've smoked, and it's not transparent. And I keep thinking, I just, I don't know Kane Williamson that well, I really don't, I admire him tremendously because he comes here from Tauranga and he's a real good guy from what I can tell, but I know that he would never even think about doing what that former Australian captain did. And there's a lot to be learned, there's a lesson learned there, and I think the big boys club that has dominated Australian cricket for a very, very long time, needs to be more transparent and not wait four years to get stuff like this out. And they really have to take a good look at themselves and realise what makes a great leader. And a great leader isn't just someone who's a champion or the best at what they do. It's someone that has decent followers and someone who has integrity. And that's what that Australian former captain is missing.
0: Yeah, well, you obviously uh, you've watched this uh, scenario play out over the last... uh, well, two to three mm. days. Um, ashes round the corner. Don't need this. You mm. really don't need this.
1: Yeah, and I just want to touch on what Levina said, and I tend to agree. Look, um, and and guys, you would have played against some of the, you know, Alan Border, Mark Taylor, and and Steve Waugh. I mean, like growing up watching Steve Waugh play in that fantastic Australian team uh, of, of the nineties. You know, like, like that was. He was a role model even from across the ditch for, for people. You know, he led, he led well and, um, and you know, you didn't see this sort of thing going. We had it in recent times with Steve Smith, as, as Lavina said, with, with Sandpaper Gate. So the real shame, I think, for Australian cricket. Now uh, Tim Payne's brother-in-law, I see Shannon Tubbs, been dragged into it. Apparently he uh, was uh, was had sent the same messages or similar messages to uh, the same employee from Cricket Tasmania. So now he's under... Uh, investigation. He's actually the academy uh, coach at uh, the South Australian Cricket Association. So, say Pat Cummins is, is probably in line to get the, uh, the captain, he'd be the youngest uh, alongside um, pup Michael Clark, uh, 45 years to, to lead the Australian team. Uh, as you say, in a, in a you know, trying to defend the Ashes title against England this summer, um, and look, he had a lot of support around them, guys that have played a truckload of Test cricket. Um, you know, Stark and, and Smith and uh, and Lyon and so on. So, um, you know, it'd be great for, for Pat to come in and, and take that. But just the circumstances around being elevated to the captaincy won't be the nicest uh, for, for Pat Cummins. Would it? To be okay, maybe you are the captain, but this is uh, you know, this is kind of why.
0: Interesting one that, Jeff, because I reckon when they appointed Pat Cummins as vice-captain, uh, I'm not quite sure it was uh, with the intent that he'd be captain for any long period of time. You know, uh, he was the kind of guy who Tim Payne probably, he would have had a say in this, who probably said, I want that guy on the field alongside me, not as, only as he's one of my inspirations, but uh, the guys look up to him in that. And I'm not quite sure that they really appointed Pat Cummins with a view to mind of a five-match uh, Ashes test series mm. in mind as a full-time replacement. So uh, there's a bit of reviewing, I I would think, going on in that decision. So uh, another interesting one for them, Jeff, to sort through.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Look, players um, in situations like this can can come to the fore and leadership qualities can actually come out of people. So maybe you throw Pat Cummins into a five-test Ashes series trying to defend it against England, a very good England side, and, and maybe we will see. Maybe we will see um, these leadership qualities come out, the, the glimpses that they saw and that, that Tim Payne saw. Um, I see Tim Payne's come back and played for the Tassie uh, second 11 and some club cricket mm. and got through 65-odd overs of keeping. So I guess the question is, um, does he really still deserve his place in the team? What, what, do, you, what do you reckon?
0: Well, um, if he does, the Barmy Army will be writing songs as we speak. I can promise you that. And the, they will. the, the words will be very, the words will be very interesting. The lyrics will be one of the highlights of the Ashes. I can promise you that. Uh, uh, Levine, I'm not sure if you had a chance. I mean, it's been a great time. If you associate yourself, of course, uh, uh, as being a chief, being in the Bay of Plenty, what a great uh, time it's been for uh, the chiefs with uh, Waikato and Taranaki winning the uh, re- uh, respective. Championship, Premiership and then of course the women, um, Waikato winning in their 100th year, what a story that's been but have you had a chance to look at the Chiefs um, in terms of this uh, Super f- uh, 15 squad, uh, what are, are we calling it Super 15, no Pacific, Super p- Pacific Rugby this year, what do you reckon of the yeah. squads, are the Chiefs that, are they the deal? We're
2: the, we're the best squad in the competition mate, what are you talking about Those are my cousin <laughs> bros around the corner, over the Mai. I mean Aiden Ross and Ollie Norris up front, you've got our beautiful Brody. hello Brody. Sam Cain's in there, Luke Jacobson He's going to have his best season ever And when you look out wide, Brad Webber And young Bryn Gatlin teaming out with Anthony Leonard Brown It is the best squad in the competition Not to mention Warren Gatlin As head of rugby for White Chiefs And Clayton McMillan as a coach Like if you combine all of that together New faces, old faces, all blacks, yeah. champions We're going to take it out It's the best squad in the competition The very best
0: Oh well, let's just get on. Let's get on, Jeff. I mean, your your Highlanders got your Highlanders have got no price, Jeffrey. No, no chance, the Highlanders.
1: Uh, you know, if you're going to talk up the Chiefs, you've got to look at uh, that Highlanders side. I mean, look, they've got some decent, uh, decent steel up front. Liam Coltman, we know a good he is. Ethan Groot's come on leaps and bounds. Uh, got some wily old veterans in there, mate. Josh Honnick, uh, I think that the locking department, I mean, they, they have lost Putty Putty Parkinson, which is a huge loss for them, but they pick up Sam Kerr, who had a really, really good uh, NPC campaign with Northland coming back from uh, from the Waratahs. Billy Harman's out, that's a big blow. James Leicester, of course, Shannon Brazel, Gareth Evans comes back down south and then probably got, you know, the tie. I know he hasn't played any rugby, but for Laufa and Aaron Smith, that's gonna be interesting to see uh, I guess the balance um for for Tony Brown in terms of of how he plays his two nine. Josh Ioane, that's a big pick-up for you guys, uh Lavina at the Chiefs. He's been nothing short of sensational have- this year for, for for Otago. But yeah, Marty Banks, Smithy, um, outside of a of an Aaron Smith, or a Falau Pasava astute tactician. Um, Mitch Hunt, now know how good he's been for, for Tasman, and then you know we've got like Fatuli Pyre who was ruled out in the pre-season last year. Big, strong, ball-running uh, midfielder. Theo uh, Thompson. Oh, mate, I think they have got. I think they have got enough challenge Jonah Nadeki's a above, of course, but um, Masisi Dawai is, is moving down, and um, he's looked he's pretty handy on the end of the chain for, for Wakatul this year. But that, that blue side. Um, I was asked to, to, pick a, to pick a winner, and I think the, the final will be, dare I say it, yeah. the Crusaders and the Blues, but that's just, just such a beautifully balanced side that Leon McDonald's got.
0: Mm, OK. Well, thank you very much for your opinions this morning. As always, uh, Lavina, forthright, and to you too, Jeff. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, we'll have a, a panel again tomorrow morning at the same time, and uh, we'll let you know who those particular participants are tomorrow morning.